Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to our special World Series Pro Sports Edition of the Game Game Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. Alright Joe, well, we're about to start partying right now like it's 1988. Because it's the first time the Dodgers have won a World Series since 1988. Which is such a crazy thing for me to think about. That that's the year that I was born in an organization that's been so dominant, been to so many World Series, so much success throughout the playoffs. And this is the first time they've won a World Series now in 32 years. But congrats to the Dodgers. They were the best team this year and deserved to win it. Yeah, they really were um, dominant from start to finish. Finished uh, with the best record in baseball, albeit really at 60 games. They won 43 out of 60 games. That's very impressive. And the only thing I would say, you know, historically, it reminds me a lot of the Braves winning their one World Series in 1995 because we saw the Dodgers lose a couple of World Series in Harper's breaking fashion um, two out of the last three years. So they finally get this one World Series. Maybe they get another one, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is their only one um, during this run of uh, really good teams winning division championships. The only thing I would say, though, I heard a lot of the announcers last night talking about you know, the drought between um, the last championship for the Dodgers. The only issue I had with that was people putting it on the same level of some of the other historic droughts we've had in baseball. I don't think it's close to anything like the Cubs years and the um, Red Sox being six years between championships. No, Joe, I mean, 32 pales in comparison to the the curse of the goat with the, the Red Sox, and then of course uh, what they had to do with the, with them, uh, you know, Chicago with 100 or 100 years without winning a World Series, and it, you know it's also different for the Cubs too because let's be honest, for most of those hundred years after they won a World Series, the Cubs were a terrible franchise. They were one of the worst in, in, uh, in major leagues, and the Red Sox, that one's not as bad. The Red Sox were always pretty consistently good. They could just never win it. And this one, it's a less period of time with the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have consistently, over the last 32 years, been one of the best programs in Major League Baseball. They just haven't cashed it in to get the World Series title. That's true. When you say the word cashed it in, that makes me think about the flip side. You know, while the Dodgers celebrated, it looks great. A lot of questions with the Tampa Bay Rays and their manager, Kevin Cash, with his questionable decision to pull. Uh, game six starter Blake Snell from the game in the uh, sixth or seventh inning. I think it was maybe, I think he went six in a third inning. So it's in the, the uh, bottom of the seventh. He was pulled from the game and he was pitching a jam. He had struck out nine guys uh, going into the seventh inning and against uh, the first four hitters in the lineup for the Dodgers. I think they were combined over eight with seven strikeouts. And that's the likes of Mookie Betts. Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, and he was dominating those guys. And then they take him out of the game and bring in relief pitcher Kyle Anderson. And it was just downhill from that. Uh, they uh, went from having a 1-0 lead to in the blink of an eye having a 2-1 deficit. And they never recovered from that uh, the rest of the way. And so that's a decision I think the Rays will look back at. Had they left Snell in the game, I think that there's a decent chance they be playing right now in game seven. I think so too, Joe. Uh, I'm really upset with this whole focus on the analytics now and 
how the managers continually take pitchers out who are having dominating performances way too early. I mean, I'll be honest, you can look at numbers all day, but when a guy's out there and he's killing it on the pitching mound, how can you take him out of the game? And this one immediately proves wrong because this guy was going right through the incredibly talented Dodgers lineup and getting him out all across the board. And as soon as you take him out, the Dodgers get two runs in that inning and they take a lead. And Joe, one of them, the first run was on a pass ball. That's something that is the pitcher's fault. That's not something that the Dodgers did. So in my mind, that was the mistake, and that's why they lost the game. So I just I don't understand this. I think that pitchers need to go back, managers need to go back to the way it was before. And if you've got a guy that's doing a great job, leave him in there and let him finish the job. Without a doubt. And to me, it was even more um, frustrating because he had only thrown at that point 73 pitches, I think. And so he had you know plenty of uh, gas still left in his tank. You know, he could have gone easily exceeded 100 pitches. And Blake Snell is uh, one of the most underrated players in baseball. He's won a Cy Young Award a couple of years ago as a pitcher. And so I really would have trusted him on the mound. But unfortunately, the Rays, they didn't do that. They'll have an entire offseason to think about that decision. Uh, on the right side for the Dodgers, just kind of got their vindication last night, got the title that they really wanted. And we were texting about it um, after the game last night about Mookie Betts and how good he is. Really seems like he made the big difference for this Dodgers lineup. They were already immensely talented offense, and they had good pitching with Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler. But bringing uh, in Mookie Betts as a table setter, as a leadoff hitter, he just made such an impact. And then defensively in right field, he just played gold glove. Joe, look at what he did against the Braves. I mean, he had two home run stopping catches against the Atlanta Braves in the seven-game series where they needed every single one of them. He made a great diving catch. He didn't do it as much with his bat in that one. But then in this series, he has two more home runs. And then last night, he was responsible for two out of the three runs in a game that they only won three to one. He's the reason they won that game. He slid in in a really close, epic hustle play to get that second run to get him up 2-1. to one. And then, at the end of the game, he had that towering home run where basically you could just see in that swing, he's like, I'm better than everyone else in the sport right now. And Joe, I tweeted it out last night. Baseball is so ridiculous on salaries. I think he's worth double what they pay him right now. You know what? Just go ahead and pay him that much because he is that much better than everyone else in the Major League Baseball right now. Made such a profound impact. Um, it's amazing right now. In LA, you have Mookie Betts and Mike Trout both playing the same media market. Obviously, Trout would do anything to have the type of postseason success that Betts has had now with this second championship in three years. But I was a little bit surprised that Betts didn't even have a chance to win the World Series MVP award. I was a little bit surprised to see Corey Seager win the award. I thought that he had a good series, but if you had, you know, asked me for a short list of who I thought was going to win, I would have said it was probably between Clayton Kershaw and um, Mookie Betts. So yeah. Seager kind of surprised me a little bit. But I think that Betts was undoubtedly the most important player for um, the uh, Dodgers this entire season in postseason. And kind of an unsung hero that you texted me about last night was their young um, pitcher, uh, Julio uh, Urias, who came in and um, he's normally a starting pitcher, but he pitched really well out of the moment. I mean, 
he was a great closer. I mean, you look at what he did last night. He faced nine batters, and he got all nine of them out to close the game out. He, he was absolutely dominant. And, Joe, he did it in the closeout game against the Braves, too. Uh, that was a really tight game where the Dodgers came back and took the lead late. And the Braves, uh, you know, when they put Urias in, they were having a lot of success against the previous pitcher. I don't know if the Braves got a hit against Urias. I think that he basically got all of them out, too. So when they needed it the most, he was an epic pitcher and great closer. And, Joe, I would have said if you didn't give the MVP to Mookie Betts, I would have been fine with you giving it to Urias. Yeah, he definitely you know, was in the conversation for the impact he had out of the bullpen. And I saw a statistic where he has the most wins in the playoffs for a pitcher before the age of 25 in Major League Baseball history. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, he's a – He's an excellent pitcher, and I was just highly impressed with what he was able to do. Um, Joe, the last thing I want to say about this World Series title is that you got to think, based on the way that the Dodgers were able to come out and beat the Rays, how upset are Braves fans right now over what could have been? Because they went toe-to-toe with the Dodgers for seven games, had them dead to rights, a couple questionable base-running decisions at the end right there is what cost them that game seven. You got to think that based on what I saw, the, the Braves were a much more talented team than I think the Rays were. Yeah, I think the Braves would have won this series. Um, I know that the Rays have some great pitchers, don't get me wrong, but it kind of felt like some of their key relief pitchers who they relied on so much during the regular season, they kind of ran out of gas um, in the World Series. You saw, um, you know, I, I talked about. Anderson coming in last night, he didn't look sharp at all, you know, allowed bets to get that double and then eventually score the um, go-ahead run. Um, Pete Fairbanks, he didn't look as good. He gave up a home run to bets in the ninth inning, the eighth inning. So those guys just weren't quite as sharp, whereas the Braves' offense is just so talented. You know, their offense is as good as the Dodgers this year statistically. And the Braves' pitching staff very underrated with um, Anderson Braves bullpen is tremendous, even deeper than the Rays. And so I think the Braves would have had a great chance to win this World Series. So, you know, just kind of typical Atlanta sports or Georgia sports fashion, you know, they weren't able to hold on to a 3 1 lead. But I will say, just on a positive note, uh, lastly, I was very glad that we had a baseball season completed, you know, from start to finish. Obviously, it was shorter. But we saw a World Series, we saw a champion uh, championship head handed out. And I don't know if you saw uh, right after the game, it was reported that the Dodgers' third baseman, Justin Turner, tested positive for COVID. So, you know, that's how close we were that you're not finishing the season. Let's say the Rays win last night, and there's a game seven tonight. Like, that's probably delayed uh, given that uh, positive test. So, really fortunate, I feel, that we, we finished the season. Yeah, definitely, Joe. That would have been a really terrible thing to have happen at the end of the season and to kind of justify a lot of the naysayers about playing sports at all to have to, you know, have to delay it for another couple of weeks so everyone go into quarantine. But I thought it was a great baseball season. And I'll be honest, Joe, I love the shortened season. And I'll probably watch more professional baseball this year than I ever have before. I mean, I really did. So I think that, you know, it got me kind of back interested in it. So 
I kind of hope that they stick with this model in the future. I know they probably won't, but I really like the short season. Yeah, it definitely, you know, added a new twist. It made every game more meaningful, and uh, we'll see what they do in 2021. That's right, Jeff. Well, one thing that I wanted to see last weekend that I did was how great the Saints played in a complete win over the Panthers. Uh, the score doesn't show you what I think was really a pretty dominating performance. They won 27-24 over an emerging Panthers team that had been playing really good, who I've heard a lot of people say they thought were the best team in the NFC South. And, Joe, if you look at that final score, that includes the one fumble that Drew Brees had that led to a touchdown on a missed block. But I really think that outside of that, I mean, offensively and defensively, really great performance by – by Breeze, a lot of consistency, by Kamara, good running. They use uh they use Murray a lot more. And I thought the defense played pretty good against a solid Teddy Bridgewater led attack. So I was very impressed with the Saints last weekend and what I think was their best performance in the entire season. Absolutely, Dan. And if you had told me that they could win a game without Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, I still don't know if I would have believed it coming into the season. And they really got uh, the other wide receivers involved. You had Marquez Callaway, um, the rookie that was undrafted out of Tennessee. He burst onto the scene with 75 receiving yards, made some really difficult catches. I'm kind of hoping with his initials, MC, the same number, that maybe he could be you know, the next Marcus Colston on that team. He kind of comes out of nowhere and becomes an emerging uh, go-to wide receiver for the team. So we can only hope. But in the meantime, Breeze, you know, looked like the Hall of Fame quarterback that he is. Um, you know, there have been some games this season where he just didn't look as efficient or as sharp throwing the football, but he led this offense the way he's supposed to in past seasons. Just really efficient, and his numbers, you know, didn't throw the ball that many times, um, completed most of the passes, didn't um, have an interception this week. And then the defense um, played encouraging. Um, and I was glad to see Davenport have a big sack in the end of the game. You know, he's a guy that gave up a lot to get him, and just glad to see him um, playing well. Yeah, Joe, I think that's the first time I've seen him make a big play in an important game in his entire career. And I've been very critical on this show about how much they gave up to get Marcus Davenport versus the ROI they've had on that investment. But that was a big play that he made when we direly needed it. And, of course, that's what made it to where uh, the Panthers had to attempt that 65-yard field goal. And, man, i got to say, that was an impressive kick. I mean, that really was like one revolution from going over. And I don't think there was any way that guy could even get close to making that kick. And we almost saw the most incredible field goal in the history of the NFL to make that game go to overtime. Thankfully, he was just that short, though. Yeah, just that short, thankfully, for sure. And the Saints preserve a win. Um, and now they'll move on to travel to Chicago this week and take on a pretty good Bears team. And then after that, it just gets tougher because they go to Tampa Bay, take on the Buccaneers, and then they host the 49ers after that. So we're going to find out a lot about the Saints over the next three weeks. Then. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big game uh, for them to get the running game going because Chicago's got such a devastating pass rush. They need to make sure that they don't get Drew Brees hurt in this game. And so I really want to see them lean in on uh, on using Murray this weekend and using Kamara because I think that 
getting a good solid running attack in would do a lot to help Breeze up what's going to be a scary defensive front he's going to face this weekend. Absolutely. All right, Joe. Well, with that being said, we're going to get off of uh, this, and we're going to have a special Halloween locker room talk on our next segment. We want to thank all of our uh, listeners. And you can look at uh, All World episodes and listen to them on Spotify. Also, like us on Facebook on our Facebook fan page, the Andrew Sports Show fan page. We're also available on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. And as always, I'm Dan. I'm Jeff.